Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Well, folks, I said that it might take a few months for Texas and their fans to be psyched up again, but I was wrong. It's only taken a few weeks, and boy, what a day it is for the 40 Acres and the Texas Longhorns football program. We have officially got our man. And with that, another episode of the Beaver Voice comes to you. My name is Creighton Branch, the other guy on the other side of the microphone, Joe Scanlon. It has been quite the day uh, in Austin, Texas. We'll get into that and all that entails. We're going to also dive into some volleyball later. Uh, eventually, I mean, unfortunately, the season has come to an end, and we will be getting into some basketball later into this podcast as well. But I'm not going to waste any more time, Joe. I think everybody's ready to hear what we have to say. <laughs> the man oh, is I've been on waiting campus. For this. The man is on campus. That is five-star recruit Quinn Ewers from Southlake Carroll. And Quinn, I gotta tell we did you, it. We told that's him. What I'm we saying. told we, him, come we, to Texas. You'll start. We did it, Creighton. I'm not going to say. Yeah, I'm not going to say that uh, we're going to take the W, but I'm just saying that before the Beaver Boys were a thing, Quinn Ewers wasn't really going to Texas. So that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to us. I will, uh, we'll just assume that Quinn was listening to the podcast and that was a big reason why no, he had to, because literally dude, because we said he'd be an idiot not to come back that is and true. start next year. And literally what happens a week or two later, he hits the portal. Coincidence. I Coincidence? think not. I think not exactly. <laughs> Love it. I love it. I'm just, I'm glad we're finally here. He uh, is definitely going to be somebody, I think, that we can uh, ride uh, for the next few years. And before we even get into the segment, I mean, just what a, we mentioned that this was a big uh, weekend for Steve Sarkeesian, possibly a uh, program-defining weekend, and it's off to the races. Here we go. Uh... Like I said, only took us a couple weeks to get back on the hype train. Thought it would take until February, but odds are we're gonna be I'm ranked. The come, yeah, we're gonna be drinking the Kool Aid. We're gonna be ranked come <laughs> mid July, August, and uh, we'll be right back in this situation again. But hopefully, with a much better prospect at quarterback and a much better team. So, Joe, let's dive into this. Uh, yeah, Quinn Ewers, man. It was between us, Texas Tech, <laughs> Losers. and TCU. <laughs> I know. TCU kind of got the boot at the very beginning when he went and visited in Fort Worth. He didn't really like it. He he immediately said, I'm, I'm not going there. Then it became A&M, Tech, Texas. A&M kind of hung around for a second. Then that one dropped out. Then it apparently became between Tech and us. And Tech was putting on a pretty strong front. But it just felt... 
it just felt like over the past few days that everything was leaning towards Quinn coming to Austin because of what the players were saying, what the recruits that were there with him were saying, and how they were reacting on social media. And I don't have the exact timestamp on when he said it today. It was only it wasn't it wasn't too long ago, but uh, he said Alexa, which I thought was the most interesting way to announce it out of all the <laughs> ways you could have. He goes Alexa, play what was it? Bring me home to Texas by George Strait. Take me to Texas. Take, take me, to, me Texas. to Texas by George Strait. No, you're and, George uh, Strait, Creighton. Come on, man. I'm okay with saying I don't know my George Strait, and I am not uh, ashamed to say that. I do not listen to George Strait. However, I did watch a George Strait concert one time. So, <laughs> uh, with that being said, he announced it on Twitter. Twitter world blew up. I mean, this is one of the oh, biggest things to happen in college sports in quite some time. And with that basically revived, I mean, you totally forget that Texas just had a 5-7 and seven season. And now 2022 is officially underway. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is this kid is the second highest rated quarterback of all time. And number one was our very own Mr. VY, number 10. So the fact that now we have gotten the top two highest rated quarterbacks of all time, I'm not going to say anything. But, I mean, the last time we had a really high rated quarterback, like, Vince Young level. Oh, it was Vince Young, and we won a national title. So, uh, I think this is huge for Texas because what did we say this whole season? What were we missing? We were missing consistent quarterback play. We were missing someone. I honestly, now that I look back on it, I don't think they fit Sark's system very well. And Quinn literally is Sark's quarterback. It's it's not even close how well I think he will fit into this system. Mm-hmm. And now when you when you get a guy like Quinn Ewers, not only do, did you just get you know a really good quarterback, he is going to bring some people with him. Absolutely. And you got to look at Brady Boyd, transferring from Minnesota, played with him at Southlake. Why, damn well Quinn's hitting his boy up and going, hey, why don't we run stuff at Texas? So Brady Boyd in the slot, Jordan Whittington in the slot, Xavier Worthy on the wing. I mean, that sounds like a deadly – Wide receivers and plus the other receivers we have still. I mean, it's it's no question the people he's going to be able to recruit to bring into Texas. We are going to have a very very solid freshman class, um, and then we're I think we're going to even see a, a much better 2023 as well. So I think for the next two years, this this move right here yesterday, um, that move has just put Texas light years ahead of the Big Twelve. Um, when it comes to recruiting, but as we've seen before, we have top <laughs> r- top ranked classes exactly, and then we don't perform on the field. But I think, and I, this is me drinking the Kool Aid, but I think this this just feels different. I really feel Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. I'm gonna hope he's not Spencer Rattler 2.0. He doesn't seem to have an attitude, so that's nice. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I'd be pressed to say if you put the two together in high school, like tape to tape, I think you would still look and say, yo, Quinn's a lot better than Spencer Rattler is. I still don't understand. I still don't see what the what you're seeing in high school. I think if you did that, I think you would still see it. I'm not quite sure Spencer Rattler was as, you know, fantastic at, in high school as Quinn was. I mean, Quinn clearly has yeah, shown Quinn's that good. he's very, very talented. Now, I was watching some of his highlight tape today. 
um, or yesterday, should I say? But uh, he's dude. He just slings it. He's just slings. Yeah, his, it, his arm is, is. That kid's incredible. got a, that kid's got a pro style arm. He's got a pro style arm at the age of was eighteen, nineteen. I mean that's eighteen. Yeah. God, golly. I mean, this is just such a huge get for Texas football. Um, this is why the the fans should get the fans on Twitter look very excited and as they should be this is huge and it just and honestly now next season sark is going to be tested because if we are terrible with <laughs> these players that we are bringing in then it's it's coaching again and now we're right back to square freaking one so but yeah. uh you know not only did we get quinn let's talk a little bit about kelvin banks a five-star offensive tackle from Houston was committed to Oregon, but once Mario Cristobal went to Miami, Banks decided to come home, yeah. went for an orange. And, Which, oh my God, Creighton, we got a five-star offensive tackle. Yeah, so the, I mean, it's it's really I, I swear, man. Okay, either we're <laughs> we're really good at uh, what we do, or they listen, or something. I, I'm just, but. Uh, we had I, I had I had thrown the point up to you that maybe UT should stop trying to just go after best possible player all the time, recruiting class, get the flashy uh, guys, and you know just try to out outbid everybody for all the best players in the nation and get the number one recruiting class. And that's kind of what they did, man. I mean, they kind of Steve basically looked at it and was like, yo. Like we like we can get all the wide receivers we want. We could even go and grab some more quarterbacks if we want, or running backs or whatever. It don't matter if we can't get a good line together. And you look at what he has done literally over the course of just a few days, um, and he is arguably putting together the best offensive line I think that uh, Texas has actually ever signed. If you want to say uh, on paper at least, uh, based off of rate and ratings and talent. On talent, uh, I think that he has done that, which is a huge deal. That he's not—he's not really even looking at any other skill positions, uh, or he's not looking at any skill positions. I think at this point, he's saying we are going to not only get offensive linemen, we're going to get some defensive linemen too, and we are going to build the trenches. And that's where it's got to start. And I think that's a big thing for Sark to say: uh, we're not going to go all crazy, flashy, get the guys that can run, you know, four threes. And we're just we're gonna we're gonna play to our team's needs, and uh, I think that's one big difference. Horns fans can take uh, solace in going into next season is that at least you can see that Steve Sarkeesian is addressing the problems. I think if this is a Tom Herman situation, I think this is even Charlie Strong situation. I think we had glaring issues, and we try to find a way to patch them with just getting more athletes, more more playmakers. Yeah, uh, just athletes. Yeah, and I think that that uh, is something that Sark's not even looking at. Now it does help that Quinn Ewers was up in the portal and whatnot, but still, I mean, he could have easily been recruiting other skilled positions, and he wasn't. He was going to get the best offensive linemen, and look what we did. Uh, we, we got, you know, incredible linemen. I mean, for here's the deal. If any, uh, when it comes to like Kelvin Banks or uh, Cameron Williams from Duncanville, Kelvin's ridiculous, man. And and Cameron Williams is playing 
offensive lineman for probably I would I would say the best team in no it is the best team in Texas I would say they're the second best yep. team in the nation honestly and I do think that they are going to uh, win the state championship this week against North North Shore honestly this is the best team Duncanville's put together and he's playing for that Steve knew what Jesus he was doing. Christ is it is this gonna be is it gonna be Duncanville North Shore for the rest of time because God how many oh, times have they met three the times this is the trilogy now? man. It's it's just unfortunate though that this is the trilogy, but North Shore won the first two, so you can't even really like, like it's not even like best of three now. It's just like Duncanville's trying to win one, but they'll probably win this one because they got they got an incredible uh, freshman quarterback and they have unreal linemen on both sides of the ball. Their defense is awesome, and uh, yeah, no these these dudes that Steve has recruited over the past few days and will continue to recruit. These are some dudes, man, and this is the best that. These guys, I think, are better than Connor Williams. These guys are way more, I think, way more talented. And that's something we haven't seen at Texas in a while. And, I mean, just look at the recent, like, weeks. I mean, since November 25th, uh, Banks is the third ESPN 300 commitment. Well, mm-hmm. at the time. Now, I mean, we got Quinn. But, like, yeah. he joins, you know, Jalen Gilbo and Kobe McKenzie, who we got from Oklahoma. I mean, that's... You know, Sark's putting the pieces together, and it's really it's exciting. I am excited, and it's the only thing holding me back is we've been here before. We have been here no, too many we, times where we are excited. We have and then, we have been here before. That's the problem. Is that you know you don't I mean, gotta get over this the hump. What we do gotta get over the hump. And the thing I I will say though that you can definitely tell the difference between I think Sark recruitment. And other recruitment because this feels like Sark's kind of getting the guys that he that he he feels best fits his system. So it just kind of sometimes it seemed like Tom Herman was. Well, I honestly do think that he was doing this. I think he was getting just the best players that were on the board and said, "We'll figure it out." He, later. he was collecting Pokemon cards. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was which collecting is, Pokemon cards and just trying to get them. Got to catch them all. <laughs> yeah, which is fine if you know how to do it. But if you don't know how to do it, it's just a recipe for disaster, and then you end up with the situation you're in. So, um, I I really think that this is a different kind of. Uh, I, I don't want to say yeah. era, but yeah. it you know it's just uh, it, it it feels a little different. And shout out to. Uh, I will say that this it's a big deal also in terms for Sarkeesian because when you look at Quinn Ewers, that was a dude like we said it here too. You had to get him, and they did. I think that's a big deal. I don't think that happened in the past, at least the past 10 years, I'm judging. No. Like you had to get him, and you did land it, which is a huge. Hey, you know what, though? I'm going to say this. This might be controversial. I don't know if we get him with that NIL. No, I don't. I'm I'm okay he, with that. He he well, like oh no oh I'm okay with it too. Okay. I'm fine. I'm just saying without nil, I wonder if Tech actually has a better shot because he apparently really liked Lubbock, which is wild because you you lived in Lubbock and you said it sucks. So well uh, he he liked he liked Lubbock because yeah he liked Lubbock for the reasons that you know he was gonna be big man on campus and he was gonna get to throw the ball a hundred times a game, which is impractical. Uh, and it probably wouldn't have done anything, and they probably wouldn't have won. He made the right decision, but it's very appealing yeah. when you're a quarterback and you go to Tech and they go, hey, you know, we're just going to line up in the shotgun. You could just throw it all day long if you feel like it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's all good. You know, and we're going to score 100 points a game. And, you know, and then you go, 
Uh, you know, we're the school that produced Patrick Mahomes, and look what he's doing. And so, like, but the thing is, it's like I think people are going to start to see that the air raid at Tech is not is not the same as it was under it's not uh, Graham Harrell Cliff Kingsbury and, and or Mike Graham Leach, Harrell. Okay. It's none of that. It's it's going to change, man. So I think he made the right decision. I think the offensive linemen are making the right decision. I think they want to play for this kind of team that's finally showing. Okay, here's the deal. When it comes to the offensive linemen, I think so many times you look at it and you go, why would I want to go there when there's not really a proven quarterback? And then you look at it, and I'm not saying Quinn's proven, but by God, man, he's got more skill than I think Casey and Hudson. Even though I think Hudson can throw the ball pretty well, Quinn can throw yeah, the ball that much better. When he's not overthrowing people. Yeah, yeah, Quinn can throw that much better. And I think offensive linemen look at that and they go, you know, this is finally a quarterback that we can rely on and shows promise. Uh, it has actual skill, and I think that's what gravitates them. And we'll see if that uh, reflects in the uh, in the skill positions as well when it comes to, like, receivers and whatnot because, you know, Xavier Worthy's pretty happy today. Oh, he's ecstatic probably. He, he was on the live. He was on the live Instagram live with Quinn oh. showing him the tech score. <laughs> that God. was that was so funny. I remember that. That was so funny. I mean, he's he's excited. All the receivers are excited. And then, like I said, I think it bring, I think Brady Boyd looks at that and goes, "Damn, you know what? Absolutely. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind going to Texas." So, and then there's some other recruits, Devin Campbell, still waiting to hear. I bet he comes to Texas I now. I think I'm pretty positive he's going to come. I don't even I I think at this they point crystal ball shift, picked him on Twitter. But it feels like he's not entertaining anybody else right now. That's what it feels signing like. days in signing days in three days, four days. So oh god, yes, we can um, talk about that on the next podcast. Yes, we're gonna end up we getting do. the we're gonna get him get a top five class, and we're gonna go. Oh, we're gonna be number one again, and then you know we might Wait, and and we might have a special guest special guest on the podcast. You're right. You're right. I I, I love signing day because. I think I, I think it's so funny that we have done we have danced this dance for ten years, and we are still worried about getting the number one class in the nation, knowing good and well that that there are teams out there like Iowa State that don't even get close and end up being better than us. So I I, I think this is gonna be the first year in a while that I don't I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna because that's just what I do. But I don't think yeah. it's going to when Georgia gets the number one class, which usually happens. I don't think it's going to pain me as much, you know, this year. I'm not no. going to put as much stock into it because I'm getting tired of having these top classes and not having anything to do with it. Which, by the way, a point I want to show, I want to share with you, that 2019 class. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Um, that that 2019 class that got drafted, I mean, that got ranked so high. Uh, Three, that think. was a yeah, that was a Tom Herman year, obviously. There's barely anybody left on that team. I don't think there's. Uh, I think like six or seven guys have completely left. I think four offensive linemen, five offensive linemen have either uh, quit or transferred. And I think there's only three remaining dudes from that class that are on this team. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what happens when you don't develop players, Tom. It's so, bad. And I wonder... It's... Yeah. I, 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 I think this is a good point to bring up with, with all of this coming right now. I wonder what Casey and Hudson do. Oh, I would not be surprised if, if I would not be surprised if we see people entering the transfer portal. Uh, yeah, go Utes. Oh God, we all know where go, they're going. Gonna go. Hey, hey, Cameron Rising is going to be a Rose Bowl quarterback. 
He is. And next uh, year you'll have Cameron Rising, uh, Jaquindon Jackson, Charlie Brewer, uh, Casey Thompson, and Hudson Card all on the same team. Lord knows. The University of Texas at Utah. I don't think I do think Casey Paul. I would and I don't blame Casey for putting his name in the portal. I wonder what Hudson does because Hudson's only one year older than uh, Hudson. I if I think Hudson's a baller. I think he's going to try to compete against Quinn. But yeah, we all know who's getting. I mean, it would be it'd be crazy if like there. Yeah, it, I mean, good for him. He's just going to lose out. Yeah, I think exactly. So, all right, folks, we're drinking the Kool Aid. We'll uh, obviously have more talk about recruiting once signing day comes and goes. So stick it, stick with us for that. But let's move on to um, sadder news, I guess. Uh, volleyball, man, I yep. was not expecting them to lose to Nebraska. Um, it's usually how it goes. <laughs> I I don't get it, man. That team. I was watching that. You were watching the fights. Like a terrible yeah. fan, um, but <laughs> I watch month, the game. I get once a month, okay, once a month to watch pay per view. I watch the fights every week, but I get once a month to completely disregard any other sport. If this was just a regular fight night, I would have switched back and forth. Continue. So yeah, volleyball <laughs> taking on number ten Nebraska, and after the first set, I had a bad feeling. Uh, the Nebraska defense, I don't think Texas had ever seen a defense like that this season. Yeah. That defense was stifling. They, you know, Texas had kind of had their way with, with teams that, you know, they'd uh, bump set and kill. And, and I mean, the kill would just, it'd be, it, it hit the floor because the other team just had no answer for just the size and speed and power of the Texas hitters. And Nebraska did. I mean, Lexi Rodriguez is a freshman. That's the other thing, man. These freshmen for Nebraska are so good. I'm like, they're about to be a really good team for the next four years. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be crazy to see what like they end up being next year when they're sophomores. I I mean, they'll be up in the top five probably. Oh, from the preseason easily. I mean, yeah. the fact that they lost seven times this year, I'm shocked. But I mean, yeah, there was just no answer. I mean, and then Texas had a lot of service aces to uh, service aces and errors. A lot of errors though. I mean, there were I was there were times I'm sitting there watching and like we'd go on a run and like we needed it and then we'd serve it into the net and I'm just like, what are you doing? Get it over the net! Like I know <laughs> there's like there's like a technique to it, so don't hate on me for you know ripping on volleyball players because you know I'm I'm the guy at church who served underhand knuckleball style. So I mean I got it over the net. At though, least he so. admits it, folks. Just say I I got I got it over the net though. Anyways. Um, Whoa, okay. All right. Yikes. Sorry. Sorry. Mr. Underhand. Sorry. Okay, I guarantee you they could get over the net ten out of ten times if they did it underhand <laughs> too. So yeah, it just I mean, Maddie Kubik and Allie Batenhorst had fifteen kills each for Nebraska and then like I said, Lexi Rodriguez was just digging it all over the place. Um Texas just kinda looked lost out there and like I said, I don't think they faced a team that good all year. No Washington uh, was a fluke. Washington was a fluke. I don't know what the heck happened with that. I'm <laughs> glad we were able to come back and win that one, but yeah, I mean we kind of got out to the same kind of start, and you can't do that. Washington's a good team; they're not as good as Nebraska. So, yeah. when that kind of when we went down two sets to nothing, I was like, okay, we like, you know, obviously you got you got to win the third set, but like, 
just the way we won it and how close it was, I was like, if Nebraska goes on a run here in the fourth, it's over. And what do you know? Nebraska went on a run. And we tried to come back. We went on, I think, like a six or seven point run, but yeah. it was just too late. It was too little too late. So, yep, that's the end of uh, volleyball to, season. Uh... And um, existence is pain for <laughs> is indeed. us. Shout Whenever out we to try Texas. To get the, yeah. Shout out to, to Texas for being the only. Only top four seed did not make it into the play, into the final four. That's just what we do, man. Yeah, at, that's who we, at home. Yeah, Louisville, Pittsburgh, we were Wisconsin name, all handled their business. We were going to name this uh, podcast "Existence Is Pain" because that's exactly what it felt like watching Texas lose to Nebraska, and everyone's doing the horns down, and <laughs> we're better than you. Yeah, sure, at volleyball. Okay, whatever. But I tell you what, uh, you know, it's like. Uh, and God, I kind of felt it in the the Washington game a little bit. It, if, if I'm really glad that it went the way it did, though, obviously. But yeah, it it felt like you know at least at the beginning, towards the end, picked it up. There was a reason they won three straight sets. They just kind of like stopped. I wouldn't say they were clowning around, but they I think they kind of were like, okay, who are we? And then they yeah. you know they're like, we're Texas. But those, like, that first set, first two sets, you're kind of just like, golly, man, like, the, what are y'all doing? Yeah. And I think that's what you saw the entire game against Nebraska. Uh, even with the one set that they won, I was, it's not like, I don't think I was too confident in it uh, when, when they did take that away, uh, take that set away from Nebraska. Uh, you kind of were like, I, I think, looking, you know, after rewatching every rewatching the game and whatnot, you, uh, we're happy you, you, that you won this set, but I don't know if anybody really felt confident they were going to do exactly what they did to Washington. And obviously Nebraska is a better team than Washington, but let I mean, be honest, Texas is so much better. I would say has the potential to be so much better, right? Than Nebraska. And they just got flat out like beat. And that, I mean, and it's bad because you yeah. played all year to get the re the reason, uh, especially for Texas home games are so important for Texas because Gregory is almost unlike anything else. It is very hard to play in Gregory and that's why you want to play there. And they got the game. They got the home uh, advantage that they needed uh, throughout the entire bracket for them. And they couldn't capitalize. And it just always feels like, especially with this volleyball team outside of the championship year. And I'll, yeah, championship year, maybe last year. Uh, I mean, they made it, but it feels like outside of those two years where they got to the championship, winning one, it feels like they're like, oh, it's it, it's like, oh man, if we just would have won that game, we probably would have won the whole thing. Like that seems to happen with this volleyball team, time and time out each year, and that seems like another thing. I mean, I think if they beat Nebraska, I don't see a reason why they don't beat. Pittsburgh, and then you're, and then you got a, you got a great matchup against Wisconsin, Wisconsin, who we're pretty all right with, and Louisville, who I think we are fifty-fifty with. I think that's a great even matchup, and it's just like, man, if you could just get over the hump of just not losing to the teams like Nebraska that you might not be able to beat handily, but you can beat in four or five sets. Uh, that seems to be the issue with this Texas team over the past few years. That is, I think, a reason why they haven't won more championships. Because, to be honest with you, this team has been talented enough, Joe, over the past, I would say, like, super talented, the past eight, nine years, to win a championship every year, basically. And 
They've only won. I know it's hard. They've only won one, but I think they could have easily won three or four. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, and like you said, we gotta look at the errors: fourteen service errors and nine receiving errors. That's not gonna win you. It's not gonna win you a match, man. Yeah, especially gotta when you're trying be, to come back. Yeah, gotta be consistent against a team like Nebraska. So that ends the season for Texas. They'll be back. They're always back. I mean, they're oh, a good yeah. team. They'll, they'll, they'll be. be they'll, they'll be in the comp- They'll be in the conversation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and good news with volleyball: you can't leave early. So I mean, you can, <laughs> but like, where are you going? Are you going pro? So. Ouch. Where do they play, though? They play USA? Do they, like, play USA Yeah, you, I was about to say, you either, either got to make USA you gotta make USA volleyball or, I don't know, there's, pro- like, there's probably leagues is, is it just Olympic? I mean, I'm sure, I guess there is, yeah. Was just, I, uh, yeah, I guess there would have to be, right? It's not just Olympic there's, there's There's professional softball. It's not big. I mean, WNBA is the biggest women's professional sport, but I'm sure there's a professional... There's a damn professional lacrosse league for Christ's sakes. There's got to be a professional volleyball league. So you don't like the lacrosse league? Nah, I think lacrosse is stupid. But that's just whoa, like, that's too bad. That's a bummer. Oh, is it? Is yes, it? I I enjoy what I've all one of my like. It's I wouldn't. It's hard to call it a bucket list, but it's up there. One of my things I really want to do. I've always wanted to do. Probably for the past like 15, 16 years is go to the lacrosse college final four. I've always wanted to do that. Okay, and, that would be fun. That'd be fun, but I'm not just going to watch a random lacrosse game on a Tuesday afternoon. Like, I mean, I, I mean, if Duke, if Duke is on or someone like that or Loyola, well, Creighton, I mean, you're just you just you just built different, Creighton. Good for you, man. I, I guess I guess I am. I mean, I like or Pittsburgh or somebody like that or Georgetown or I, I mean, I. Yeah. Uh, somebody like that, I might watch them on TV on a casual Tuesday. Fair enough, Creighton. Fair <laughs> enough. But Texas doesn't have a lacrosse team, or if it does, it's a club team. So That's let's club. move on to our final segment, the men's basketball team falling by four points to Seton Hall on the road. It hurts. Tough one. It man. hurts. It's a tough one. I mean... But if you look at these stats, of course we knew Trey Mitchell and Timmy Allen were going to be the leading scorers. They're the best players on the team by far, clearly. Yep. So they both had double doubles, for Christ's sakes. I mean, that's pretty good. It is indeed good. And then uh, Marcus Carr had ten. Uh, our bench. Uh, it was pretty putrid. Well, I don't think they scored the any points. Cunning, yeah, uh, they got two. Two. There they you got go. Two. Basket. Andrew Jones got two points in 32 minutes. Sheesh. Yeah. That, that so, is losing basketball right compared there. Compared to that their doesn't... bench, their bench got 17. And uh, then they had, let's see, Roden had 18 for them. Yetna had 12, and Kale had 10. So... You know, it, you gotta just. Our bench was, like you said, putrid, and uh, I, yeah, I. It's hate. not gonna win you games. We let's see. Oh, you know what else is gonna not win you games? Shooting seven uh, percent. Yeah, that's what the sad the go. <laughs> it's God. This is the so. I said this to you last week. I said, I said this this team. There's no way they're that good at three point shooting. And then you brought it up to me that that was the stat. The shooting, I read the stat. They're the best yeah. shooting team in the Big Twelve. And then somebody said to me earlier this week. 
they don't they're not very good at shooting three and i said well actually they're the they're the best shooting team in the big 12 and they go it don't feel like it i was like you're absolutely right it doesn't feel like it whatsoever but they, they shot are. 40 i mean they shot 42 percent from the field so that's what's keeping their average up is that they're crazy. shooting pretty good from the field but their threes are oh, Oh, one of but thirteen. What was their that's percentage going into that game. Was it? Wasn't it pretty good? It was like forty. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's, and like they were shooting guys, like fifty from feel, the field. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel like it, but but they actually shoot pretty well. I mean, it ain't forty now. The, the, <laughs> that's that's true. That's a that's a good point. I think I think the one thing you can really chalk up to losing this game. Also, I am not a fan of playing in Seton Hall. For some reason, it's just weird when you go up to New Jersey. The fact that the school's yeah, in New it's Jersey, fucking, anyways. It's New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it's in New Jersey. Something always is just not even New Jersey. Off. It's in Trenton, New Jersey. Thank I, you. I mean, have you You're seen? Right. Have you seen Goodfellas? Have you seen uh, The Sopranos? <laughs> have you seen any movie that stereotypes Jersey? They always say Trenton's a bad place. So for real, yeah. And so. Um, when when teams go to play there, stuff gets real weird. And I, I knew that, I was telling you, I, I felt like this game was going to be pretty tough. And it was a, a sellout. I'm pretty positive. No. I can't, I can't be right. There's no way that was half full. Unless, oh, you know why it's half full? It was a sellout. But is it half full because New Jersey still has restrictions? That I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Probably right. But I'm pretty positive, like in terms of all the tickets that could have been sold, I think it was sold out. But yeah, that makes sense on why it was half, it would be half full. But um, I think the one thing you can easily chalk up to this is the fact that there was no bench presence at all. I think you changed. I mean that that four more baskets, three more baskets, even two more baskets get you three more gets you the win. Two more get you to overtime. Uh, that is an aberration, I think. I don't I don't foresee that happening anymore. Uh three point shooting percentage, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Don't think it'll be that bad, but I'm I'm a little scared that Texas can't keep it up to what it was at forty percent. I would hope that they can keep it within the thirty five range. I think that's winning basketball. And right now between Trey Mitchell and Timmy Allen, I agree. I think that they are playing uh for whoever the best whoever the best player on the team is. I think they are going neck and neck with that. And I wish it was Marcus Carr because I do think Marcus Carr is the most talented out of all of them. Uh, but he hasn't really shown that uh, that that thing that you can overtake a game. He hasn't really shown that he can do that yet, but he did get involved a lot. And I was I was glad about that. I thought he did get involved in other ways than just shooting. And I, I thought he really helped move the ball around. But I, I'm ready to see him take over games. Uh, like he was, you know, promised to do coming in to Texas. But this is your second-ranked team, Gonzaga. Understand, tough team. Seton Hall, though, uh, another tough team. But two ranked teams in the preseason. That's all you preseason. I mean, preseason before conference play, and you lose to both of them. I don't know how I feel about that, Joe. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that either. We talked about rebounding and offensive rebounding. They were only out rebounded on the offensive side by four. And they had the same amount of defensive rebounds. So honestly, not the end of the world. I think what really killed I, yeah. us was the three-point percentage. You make you make two or three more of those threes, you've won by five. Indeed. So oh yeah, for sure. And I think so. It's like I think yeah. that's what really doomed us. And then fouls, eighteen fouls. Come on, they had oh, yeah, two technical annoying. fouls for Christ's yeah, sake. They had, gave us free. They gave us free points and the ball, yeah. and we couldn't. Yeah, yeah. So, they had a tech because I think 
what was it? One one tech because the coach was trying to call. Thought there was a timeout and he like overstepped his box if I'm correct. Unless that was the game before. But anyways, uh, that could have easily been the game before. I've watched a lot of sports. But uh, I think that another thing when it, and I, I I guarantee anybody that watched the game saw this it's pretty obvious the the size issue with the horns right now which usually wasn't a big you know that was actually never an issue when it came to Shaka um I'm not saying they're super small but they're definitely on no longer the biggest team on the court when they when they play their opponents and I think that is something that Chris Beard that's one of the number one things Chris Beard is going to have to figure out when it comes down the stretch of Big 12 play is how are we going to maximize our potential with this smaller lineup that we have? Because even though we're not getting out-rebounded by a ton, you look at, I think, uh, I think the second chance points uh, were substantially different when it came to Seton Hall. Uh, had so yeah. many more, and that's a big deal because even though it's my night, you know, four well, four extra offensive rebounds. I mean, that's a big. I mean, that that in itself, if we just want to dissect that. That's a big deal because that's the game. I mean, that is. I bet they score on. They do score on all four of those offensive rebounds, and that's eight points right there that you take away. You win the game. Uh, I think Chris Beard's really gonna have to look at this and figure out a way to utilize the best ma- the best lineup that he can because size is clearly right now an issue for this Texas team. And I do think it's one because they just haven't figured out how to play cohesively together yet. I would like to believe by February this team is going to understand how to do that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's <laughs> it's still early in the season. Six and two is not terrible. Make no, make I'll take the tournament. It. Make the tournament. That's where I'm at at this point. But the Big 12 is pretty foreboding, actually. I mean, there's a lot of – I don't know who these teams are playing. I haven't you know, looked at all their schedules. But, I mean, Iowa State's undefeated. Baylor's undefeated. West Virginia has one, one loss. Kansas has one loss. TCU has one loss. Tech has one loss. Oklahoma has two. Kansas State and Oklahoma State have three. So it's yeah, it's going to be tight. Baylor's it's going to be a legit. it's going to be a really good interesting yeah, well yeah, it's Baylor. They won the I mean, I mean, last they year, did so. lose. I mean, nobody I mean, they lost a few amount of people. So I don't think people thought that they were going to be as good, but they're clearly I don't think they I don't think they've slowed down at all. Now they haven't played the best non-conference. Uh I would say that their most formidable opponent, well obviously their biggest opponent was sixth ranked Villanova, who they did beat by 21. I'll give them that. But they, you know, I would say outside of that, they played Michigan State, which I think is respectable, and they beat them by 20. Michigan State was ranked at the beginning of the season, and they played in the Champions Classic, so don't forget that. Uh, I still think Texas is better than Kansas, and I think the rankings also believe that. Uh, Kansas really hasn't played anybody, Joe, other than that Michigan State game at the beginning where they won. They played like Carlton, UNT, San, you know, I mean, St. John, uh, just not really anybody. So Baylor, I'd be worried about. I'd be worried a little bit about Tech. Uh, they're a lot, but they're not a lot better. But they are better than I thought they were going to be coming into the season. Uh, so we'll. I mean, it's once again Big Twelve is going to be a gauntlet down the stretch. And I, I am glad though that I do have faith in this team. Let's say that. I, ha- I think I feel really confident in this team's ability to win basketball games more so than 
the past couple of years. I felt like last year in the year before, even though how good we were last year, Joe, I felt like a lot of the times it was like, oh, God, let's just find a way to luck up and win. And we just ended up doing that a thousand times, like to the point where we got a three seed. I do feel confident in this team this year that we know we're going to know what we're doing down the stretch. Yeah. No, I agree. I Like you said, I'm not worried yet. Just clean up the three-point shooting, and I think we're going to be okay. So, um, that'll do it, though, for another edition of the Bevo Boys. Uh, Creighton, any final thoughts? Best day of the year. We is got upcoming. Quinn, man. We got Quinn. We got Quinn. We, we got Quinn, and we are officially, I think, 264, 265 days away from uh, putting the hurt on Louisiana Monroe uh, or being completely embarrassed, one of the two. Uh, but the countdown starts now, and I think it's going to be fun to see in a couple days with this recruiting class that's coming up. I I, I hope that this this Quinn transfer kind of changes any last minute decisions. Uh, I think it's going to be a circus come that day, and it's one that's why it's one of the best days of the year. Quite honestly, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, we got him. Can't believe we got him. It's really nice that we've. This has been a long time, Joe, since we've had a highly rated quarterback since Garrett Gilbert. Even though he didn't pan out, he was highly rated. Other than that, I mean, Quinton Jackson, sure, but five star wise, nobody. So I'll take it. I, I'm over the moon. I couldn't believe. I was actually kind of sad about volleyball losing. And I have now completely forgotten about true. the loss. Joe was very <laughs> completely Joe was, forgotten Joe about was the pretty loss. bummed out, which we still are bummed out. Really, why it's going to be sucky to not see them play in the next few days. But uh, Joe was really bummed out, and then four hours changes changes a lot. Changes, changes a lot. A I'm lot. telling you, we were gonna we were gonna do existence is pain. That's why it's me the last night after that, the loss yeah. because honestly, <laughs> most of the time existence is pain as a Texas fan. But there's just those moments, Good like Quinn Ewers committing. Good for yeah. dude. Good we, for like we said, he's, he had to get it, and he got him. I mean, this could very well. I mean, I didn't think it would come this fast, but the next, the next today. I mean, the the day that Quinn steps uh, or really signs the paper, and and National Signing Day. I mean, I didn't think it would come this early, but could basically define the next era for Texas, could change the course of the program. And I didn't think it would happen that quick in Sarkeesian's uh, tenure, but here we are. I mean, it, I didn't think he, he's been blessed. Here's the deal. He has been blessed with a, a million opportunities to be good next year. You know, like he is going to have a chance. So he needs to at least not lose, by, lose, lose seven games, at least win eight or nine. I would say yeah. I would say win nine because you're now you now you got you're gonna start getting some talented players. Yeah, gotta win nine next year, or people are gonna start talking. Or eleven or twelve or the whole thing, you know. Or we don't yeah, mind hey, either. I wouldn't mind winning the whole thing either. That sounds pretty good to me. I don't know. <laughs> Sark, are you feeling? You know, are you in a silly, goofy mood and you want to win the whole national uh, championship? Because uh, that sounds nice to us. Um, we just have to wait and see and. Yeah, keep your eyes out for recruiting this week. And, um, yeah, next week, possible special guest. You guys Hello. are not going to want to miss that. It's uh, it's really big time. It's a big time get for us. And uh, from what, you know, we've seen and stuff, this guy's 
honestly, I think he was really well liked on the team, and he was oh, there people for a while. Love him. So, people love him. Yeah, people He's love a blast. him. He's, He's a, a great blast. guy. He's, He's been a, a great guy since. Uh, yeah, I met him in. Uh, I met. I, I I was friends with him in high school, and um, or acquaintances. I don't know. We we chatted. You got up a lot of acquaintances. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I, a lot of acquaintances, not a lot of friends. Anyways, but <laughs> this guy's a great guy, and uh, I think it'll be great. Um, so you're not, you're definitely not going to want to miss uh, the next episode for sure, folks. But um, yep, that'll do it for another edition of the Bevo Boys. Enjoy the feeling, Longhorn fans. Drink the orange Kool-Aid because we got Quinn Ewers, baby. And it's just going to go up from here, I feel like. So, as always, remember, the eyes of Texas are upon you. And hook up.